Hello again, it's Mohammed here again. Um, welcome to the uh, mic drop. Drop uh, today we've got two guests here. That we're going to talk about the uh, gender identity. Uh, one is uh, Arthur Brittany, who is uh, the first refugee in Britain who's got the status based on being a non-binary. And the second person here, our guest, is um, Kath Charters, who works for the Say House. I just uh, let Kath talk a little bit about the, what she does inside house and what Sire house is. Um, hello everyone, you know, you're okay. You're having a chat just about the, the issue. Can you introduce yourself, Kathy, and tell, tell us what you do and what is your role? Thank you for inviting me onto the call. It's really nice to be here. My name's Kath Charters. I'm the wellbeing practitioner at Sahir House. Well, just to say what Sahir does and then I'll say what I do. So Sahir House is Merseyside's kind of HIV hub and community. And we provide information about HIV to anybody who might need updated information. We provide information across organisations so that people understand um, stigma and uh, we can reduce discrimination and, um, and address stigma in organisations and schools and, and places like that. So we do training around that. Um, we also do HIV prevention work and we support people who are living with HIV um, with any kind of problems that they may be facing, be that um, social, be it benefits, and be it medical, or, or be it um, around feeling lonely or, or isolated, and we provide peer group support for things like that. So we provide social and emotional support and counselling. We're also a bit broader, so we have some um, organisations that we have that meet at Sahir House that are part of the Sahir House family, as it were. And so one of them is Many Hands, One Heart, which um, is facilitated by Shereen Cowley and yourself, Mo. And um, so that is for um, people who are seeking asylum who identify in the LGBTQI uh, umbrella. And I facilitate the Trans Health Merseyside group, which is for people who identify in the trans umbrella um, and who also may identify as non-binary or intersex as well, or just gender non-conforming or questioning or querying. Um, and we provide um, peer group support in that group and information sessions around health and well-being. Thanks very much, Kath. You know, just one of the things in regard to me is uh, I'm originally from Iran, you know, and I left Iran when I was 17. Um, and I have to admit, you know, confess shamefully, that when I was in Iran, um, I had some homophobic uh, views. And thankfully, you know, after coming to Europe, you know, um, meeting my wife and other people, I sort of re-educate myself. Um, but there is a lot of questions in regard to the gender identity that I still need to answer um, some answers, you know. And I may ask some questions today from both of you that uh, come across very stupid questions. But your questions that sometimes I think a lot of people have gossip but they're too scared to ask in case they offend anyone so uh beforehand i'm just going to apologize for that you know and hopefully we can clear um some confusions and give the answers so arthur Brittany, uh, i call you Brittany if you don't mind is that okay with you it's perfect totally fine because yeah, i know you like Brittany uh singing <laughs> so that's your I favorite name probably um uh, we've known each other for a couple of years now well, I just wanted to, if you could just talk a little bit about your case, how, you know, you know, in regard to um, how you got the refugee status and what actually the transformation in regard to 
your identity in regard to the gender identity when you sort of realize about um, your gender identity, you know. Is that okay with you? Sure. In fact, Mo, you and I, we got an episode on first season that people might want to look at that. <laughs> that will be great, catch up. Um, but just to make it shorter, things has changed since then. And, you know, in that episode, I, I was still identified myself as a gay person, a gay man. Uh, but things has changed since then. And I would say uh, this is why one of the reasons we are having this episode because uh, now I identify myself as someone that it's a non-binary person. This means I don't identify myself uh, as the typical uh, genders that the society gives. So it means that I don't identify myself as a man or a female. Uh, so I'm not conforming with those labels with me. So my gender uh, expression or identity, it's non-binary. Um, so yeah, uh, in terms of of that, and like you said, of my case, it was not like uh, I knew all the time I was non-binary, you know, it was a, a, a long process. I have across therapy that I came to the conclusion that I felt like I fit in this category as being non-binary, you know. I started to do therapy not because I got I was questioning my gender identity. I started therapy because I felt depressed uh, for all the consequences of the asylum process that was taking my well-being away from me. So, and part of the, the question that was trying to get to know me a little bit more, my therapist started to ask me. So when my therapist asked me if I feel that I wanted to do the transition or I wanted to, uh, became a transgender person, I said, no, because I don't feel I need that. But at the same time, I said, I don't feel uh, like I belong to the stereotype of a man. So I, mm. I neither belong to the, uh, to the stereotype of being a man. So she started to tell me, so, you know, there's a lot of more people like you that they don't feel like that. Mm. They don't feel they don't fit in this pattern. And this, they are called non-binary or gender non-conforming. And she started to explain me a little bit that. She gave me some information. And after reading that and after the, all, uh, a little bit of research by myself, I say, you know what? I fit here. I think I am this kind of person. You probably were always that person, but you just sort of like realize that is, that is the name for it. You know what I mean? Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, be really honest. When I told people I am non-binary, people they say we knew it. <laughs> I mm. mean, it, it, it totally makes sense for, for them in their minds. Mm. So, you know, because as some people say, some people all the time say, you know, you're really girly to define yourself as a man. Mm. You too, you, you too, girl, to, 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 mm. to define yourself as a man. But you're not also that masculine to say you're a man. And mm. it's true. It's, it's like, I mean, so probably I would say this. I was a little bit confused uh, in that sense. I, I was a little bit lost. Mm. And But when I knew the term and when I started to receive this help, that helped me to cope and say, you know, yes, actually I fit here. Mm. And that was just basically about a year ago. Is that right? 
Um, no, in fact, I started uh, to define myself as non-binary in 2018, mm. uh, around September, August, something like that, which was when uh, mm. I started to to define myself as mm. this. You know? yeah. And you just mentioned that a lot, some of many of your friends they were not surprised. Well, I just actually in that that two years, I wanted to see if, if you have any challenges and any sort of barriers or any issues that you've sort of like, I don't know, if you wanted to um, open a bank account or um, certain, you know, anything has happened that, you know, you sort of felt that um, people are not accepting you for what you are or they, they can't really, they don't, they don't take you seriously because that's another thing is sometimes people sort of think is a joke sort of thing, you know. So have you had that sort of a stereotyping, prejudicing? Um... Yeah, you know, in fact, it's kind of interesting that people uh, think it's my nickname or, or think, it, it, like you say, it's a joke to be called Arthur Britney. Mm. Uh, you say to people that you say, that's not their real name, that's fake. And, and they say, show, and even people might be at some moment probably asking me, show me your ID to, to check if that's actually your name. But the truth is, that's actually my name, Arthur Britney. And, you know, it makes sense for me as a non-conforming person and queer person, non-binary, uh, to have a masculine and feminine uh, labeled name. I, I was just surprised a little bit. Uh, I tried to open a bank account. I didn't get much struggle with them because I was uh, also receiving help from a, uh, with a recommendation from crisis. Uh, but the thing is, it was curious the attitude of the agent when, when she looked at my reference, uh, the, the reference uh, letter they wrote that it says Arthur Britney. It was like Arthur Britney. And they just later checked the ID. It's like, yeah, actually, that's their name. And she even mm -hmm. called her manager to check, you know, it was like this name, like it's, it's not men and female. And they say, it doesn't matter if the name is like that. If it's, it's the same as the ID, mm -hmm. you should take that name. So it's like people really don't get sometimes that kind of identity. But at the same time, it's curious. It's curious. Because when you fill the form, it's, which is an online form, they ask you if you are men, female, or non-binary. And I think non-binary. So okay. uh, it's interesting that uh, even they, they got that on, on, the, on the application form that I was non-binary. They were surprised with the name. Okay. Well, uh, Kath, um, what about the experience that you had with the supporting groups that you've got? You know, Do you think there are similar challenges or barriers for the people who sort of like uh, they don't confirm um, themselves as a man or a woman, you know, I'm talking about yeah. the British in general. You know? Yeah, I was just talking to somebody only yesterday who is a trans man and um, their GP surgery, um, although they would like to have the um, title, if that's the right word, uh, Mr. Um, they want to be called Mr. Mm -hmm. and then their name. Um, so it's a, it's a um, I can't remember what, what a title, but it's, it's, there's another mm. word for it. I've forgotten what it is now. I'm sorry, I've got. Mm. I've had a very busy day today. Mm. Um, so they, their GP surgery is saying that they can't do that, and they want to mm. say MX. Now, some people might like to have MX. Mm. That person specifically wants to be called Mister. 
and that and it's not happening and he quite often gets dead named as well um so the gp surgery are saying that they haven't got that on their system or their equality and diversity monitoring form and i've suggested that that's not the case and um i've put them in touch with health watch in their area so the health watch it, it's kind of thing health watch would do if you've got a um a problem similar to that with your um gp or dentist or nhs service you can go to um health watch and and they can follow them through on their equal equality and uh, diversity opportunity um monitoring form so that that kind of thing can be ironed out it should be there it should be on their monitoring forms they should be able to someone should be able to ask for what they want to have and how they want to be addressed and are there any websites to give any sort of information about yeah. that or advising websites that i always follow are either stonewall or a website called Gyres. Um, so Gyres are really good for um, people who might need to get access to that information or people who might need to give that information to services. So Gyres, it's uh, www.gires and it's yes. a Gendered Intelligence Research and Education Service. Okay. Um, Brittany, just, you know, um, as you know, we've known each other for many, many years, couple of years at least, you know, and uh, it, when you came to Many Hands One Heart, you came as a as a gay man, you know, and you know, we didn't really discuss anything about your gender. We always sort of, you know, assumed that as a gay man, you're a man, you know. So have you had any sort of issues or problems or with the, with the people in the Many Hands One Heart, other LGBT plus people, um, and migrants mainly, or people that, you know, they're not from Britain, do you think they find it difficult to find out or they understand what's the situation with you? Um, you know, in terms of my closer hmm. uh, knowns, uh, I would, like, like I said before, um, they know me and for they make sense, uh, this <laughs> definition of non-binary. And whoever, that was not the case with the home office. <laughs> And you you know um, like even when I was on the on the on the on the asylum process and when I put parts uh, my evidence that I identify no as a non-binary and I wanted to be addressed with they them they the Home Office uh, was continually calling me the the gay man and using the pronouns mm. he mm. so that was like like something uh, that they completely skip that 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 bit of me that that i was trying to to raise that you know i got a different gender expression right now identifying myself with different pronouns and they were not respecting that mm. it was until i went to the upper tribunal and when the judge the first thing she done is like which pronouns do you want to be addressed uh, because i seen people call you all the time he the gay man but you say you're non-binary and so it's totally a completely different stuff. And we need to start by that. So yeah, I would say in the term, uh, I, I'm not having issues with like close people. They usually, if when they meet, they start to meet me, when they realize I was non-binary, they say, which pronoun you want me to, to address you? Because I didn't knew in the past. And, and I say, don't worry, but you can use they, them if, if you feel comfortable. And I was, I, I was, I, I'm a little bit tolerant in that sense that with close friends that probably we don't meet really often, 
that they can get confused with pronouns because some people they try to try to change that you know they say okay i know i should use they them but sometimes they use she <laughs> or they use he and mm -hmm. it's like okay yeah it's okay but but like in the sense like i know they're not doing because they want to put a label i'm mm -hmm. doing because they are trying they are still working on that and i'm a little bit uh, flexible in that sense that i don't mind really on on the daily life you and me talking you can say she he they them but mm -hmm. like in more formal stuff yeah i really i totally i'm into the they them okay. but like in real life i'm more flexible but that's my case yes of that's course my case. that's my 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 own uh, form of handle the things but there are other people that for them they are really important you respect their pronouns mm, yeah because i have to be yeah I have to be honest with you. I mean, English is not my first language. I get my pronouns wrong all the time. I call she, he, and he, she. And sometimes it's been cases that, you know, that has happened. But, and I sort of have to get used to, you know, if there's a pro, you know, someone asks me to use another pronoun, then I have to basically really sort of like watch what I'm saying, you know. Um, uh, it's just a, it's a habit, you know, it goes uh, hopefully as you get more accustomed to it, you know, it's just going to, Past, you know, and as I said before, I, you know, um, as a person who come from Iran, I'm quite ignorant in a lot of issues that I have to educate myself. And as sort of like, you know, one of the things I've come across, and I just want to see if Kathy's, you know, um, I've seen that as well. That a lot of times people, heterosexual people, right, people actually uh, sort of confuse the gender identity and sexuality. So um, I don't know if you come across that, and you know, I sort of like, you know, ask someone who's so, okay, you're non-binary, but are you lesbian or are you gay man? You know, and that sort of thing you say, well, that's got nothing to do with it, you know, and obviously you don't ask people's sexuality as soon as you meet someone. And have you come across that sort of a, I just wanted to see what are the, um, any sort of examples for both of you that you come across that, you know, not just say politically incorrect, but also totally offensive. People say things that sometimes they don't realize unconsciously, they say things that they don't realize. So if you could give us some of those examples, uh, I really appreciate that. You know, start with Kath first, you know. Okay, so um, yeah, I think that can happen. And I think um, for some people, so it's quite hard, for some people it's difficult to um, separate um, gender expression and sexual orientation mm. um and then i think that can be fair that people can get so i'm i guess i'm talking about people in a healthcare setting um for example in a service provision if you like um and so then if somebody comes to them for example and says that they're identifying as trans woman um but they're married and the marriage is a heterosexual marriage and that can really confuse people and actually the person who is transitioning and their partner may be really fluid and and um discovering um their new if it is new um sexual sexuality with one another so does does someone who formally identified as a man in a in a marriage situation who is now transitioning 
is that relationship now, um, has it become a relationship between two women and are they lesbians? So people get really curious about these things um, and really want to know. And, and in fact, not everybody knows that themselves they're in transition and you know part of your transition can, can just mean you, you know you you yourself are exploring your your sexual preferences your sexual orientation um what have you gone to that service for why is the point of that question is it just curiosity in which case that's potentially offensive or, or is there something you need to know to provide that person with a service that is life-threatening? So for example, some kind of screening like breast screening or, or um, the screening for ovarian cancers or things mm. like that. So I think people need to um, just be very mindful about, yes, you might need some information and you might need some clear medical history, but to be curious and start asking people about certain things, um, is, is it is it is it relevant has that person invited you to ask that has it got a context and that's all I think I, I, think that's I, I don't know whether that answers your question yeah 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 that's it. yeah what about you want to add anything to that uh, Brittany is it just uh... yes right so this is another example or a second thing I live on my life and I know it's not the best thing to talk about I know it's, it's not the best best example what is important to raise up you know and it's about my sexual life on Grindr, you know? And I know Grindr is a wild place, you know? <laughs> Grindr is like a jungle, you know? That is two options, you eat or you are be eaten. I'm not talking about on the bed, I'm talking about in the sense of, 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 of it's like a, a chase game or something like that. But it's it's interesting that identif identify myself as non-binary on Grindr, you know? I even put non-binary on my gender and even, I got my, I got a picture of me like looking like gorgeous, girly with the curly hair sometimes or wearing lipstick. And the next picture you see of me is with, with uh, a beard, with tired hair, you know, looking like a, a guy. But that's me. That's what means for me to be non-binary. And some people, they came to me like, oh, you look gorgeous, but only as a girl. Do you want to dress for me? Do you want to uh, use this dress or sexy lingerie or something like that? And I just tell them, I'm not here to be your fetish, you know, because I'm not a trans woman. And it's important to raise this uh, because, you know, it's important to give the space to trans women because mm -hmm. it's totally different to be a trans woman than non-binary. I don't want to wear dress in my daily basis. I mean, I feel the freedom to do it if I wanted. I, I know pro people wouldn't care about that. I don't feel I need to do that because I, I, I won't feel it, it fits on me. So I don't wear women's stuff for, for, for that because I, I, I feel I don't need that. Um, in that sense, uh, it's important. Uh, like in that in that kind of aspect of sexual life, like to say, you know, this is me. This is what I wanted to do. And if I want to go to another place or cross my boundaries because I want another, because you want it. I just wanted to say thanks for saying about fetishism or, or someone fetishizing fetishizing you God say the word. I think that can happen very often, and that's why it's very clear to have that's why it's very good to have professional boundaries because we have to be very 
careful that people aren't fetishizing, fetishizing, is that the right word? People's um, well-being, life and, and sexual preferences and private life, you know, it's, it's, you have to be really careful about that. People, people may have a, a, a curiosity, but that curiosity can be fueled in a different way. And so that's why we really need, I'm really so glad you said that because that's, that's why people need to have professional boundaries. And, um, and I, I just wanted to come in on that because that, that does get reported to me quite a lot. And so thanks for saying that. So, yeah. That's, that's been actually a really fantastic session. And I really think that we should carry on this. We're going to have a second session regarding the same issue and maybe also explore a more about the trans men and trans women, you know, and the issues that they also face that. I thank Kath and also thank you, uh, Arthur Brittany. And uh, we have the second session. Thanks very much.